You're listening to the Cup of Joe Morning Show podcast, hosted by Joe Hunter on the Sound of Life at soundoflife.org. I hope you're doing okay. I just, you know, I want you to know that I'm very thankful that a lot of things came back up yesterday. It was uh, it was looking like it was going to be kind of rough, you know, with uh, no internet and no power at 89.7. A lot of transmitters were on, however. Um, but, uh, you know, I know you took a beating in Ulster County. Wow, just an absolute beating in our manager, Connie. I said, how did you spend the night in the house with no electricity, no fireplace, but they had tons of candles going, which people are like, because I know there's been more fires than usual. Please be very careful. They got up every couple hours. They would take shifts, get up every couple hours, make sure everything was okay, stuff like that. You know, she said it was in the 50s in the house. Ooh, I don't. And then they went to a friend. They went to a relative's uh, Saturday night. So it was pretty good, you know. And here I am over at my place, complaining all summer because every day I came home, there's like I, somewhere there's going to be four or five of those trucks trimming trees. And one day I couldn't get in my driveway. I mean, you know, they were just everywhere. And now I'm like, Whew, that was a pretty good idea. <laughs> yeah, you hardly ever, you hardly noticed. Um, a power outage, I mean, in Northern Dutchess, Southern Columbia County. Anyway, so here I was over the weekend deciding about this cardboard box. You know, you know you're an adult when you spend time thinking, I just can't throw that out. We're not going to need it for anything, but it's such a beautiful box. Look at it. It's great. How can we throw it out? That's what you spend your time doing when you got power. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. Brighten up your morning a little bit here and remind you of those Operation Christmas Child shoe boxes that you gathered and put together in the fall and they got collected in the middle of November and being processed in December and they are making their way into places, believe it or not, which I don't even know where they are. I'm wondering if I can pronounce them, but there was an update over the weekend, and I thought I'd thrill you. Now, these shoeboxes that I'm talking about were delivered. These weren't the ones that you gathered back in November. Now, they're, they're in the early stages of getting out to different countries. But in Gabon, the Baca people live on the margins of society and have typically been outside the reach of the gospel. But that began to change when shoeboxes were given out in a remote village. These are the ones you collected in 2020, believe it or not. Amazing. All 354 children in the community turned out for the festive outreach event. All the adults, too. Everyone listened carefully as they heard the gospel for the first time and discovered how much God loved them. At the end of the presentation, all the children... All of the adults prayed to receive Jesus as the Lord and Savior. The village chief, who also gave his life to Christ, was so impressed with the event, he set aside some land for a church to be built. God is working in some of the most remote places on the earth. Am I thinking one day when the village like that received Jesus, is that going to be the last one? That's it. To the ends of the earth. You know, I don't know. We'll see. But praise God. The sound of life. Today is Monday Mug Day. And as always, first person on the hotline with the correct answer to 
today's uh, question based on today in history. Well, you get my mug with a little surprise inside. It's pretty cool. The hotline is toll-free, 800-946-1765 today. Pretty amazing. You know, the um, Carter G. Woodson, you may know that name. It was on this day in 1926. He founded what was then known as Negro History Week, which, of course, evolved into Black History Month, which it is right now. Let's me have the opportunity to tell you about a man named Henry Ossian Flipper, who uh, was the first African-American cadet to graduate from United States Military Academy at West Point in 1877. Also, the first black man to be commissioned in the Army, led the Buffalo Soldiers of the 10th Cavalry. Not too bad, Henry Ossian Flipper, born into slavery in Thomasville, Georgia, in 1856. Just over 20 years later, first African-American to graduate from West Point. Pretty amazing. I'm glad I got the opportunity to tell you about him. And hang on, right after Dr. Tony Evans, we'll uh, we'll do some uh, Today in History for Monday Mug Day. Hang on. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. Here we go. Mug Day, the one and only opportunity to get the one and only Cup of Joe Morning Show travel mug with a surprise inside. A treat inside. (laughs) And as always, the first person with the correct answer on the toll-free hotline, 800-946-1765. We'll see if that's working okay. (laughs) Great way to start that out. Let's be thankful we're not flying to Cleveland. That's the only thing. All right, here it is. Today in history, on this day in 1964, this British band, greeted by 25,000 fans upon their arrival in the U.S. of A. at JFK Airport. It was already called JFK by 1964 this time. What was the name of that British band? All right, call me right now on the hotline. Here we go. I see that call coming in. Morning show contest line at 729 on your Monday mug day. Let's see if anybody wants my mug. Maybe it's the prize inside. I don't know. Did you ever buy Cracker Jacks for the prize inside? Yeah. That was still good. Let's go to the hotline. Good morning. Cup of Joe Morning Show. Who is this? Good morning, Joe. It's Mary Poppins. Well, hey, Mary Poppins. How are you doing, first of all? I'm doing good. I'm nice. I'm warm. I'm so thankful for heat and a nice place to live and um, being able to call the first caller. I'm excited. You know I know who these people are. I I think you knew them personally, didn't you? Uh, Well, no, but I I have a friend who was their fan fan club person and has all kinds of pictures and all kinds of... The memorabilia? Yeah, that's it. I mean, pieces of their pillowcases, pieces of their shirts, even their hair. And she has all kinds of letter correspondence with uh, George Harrison's uh, mother. Wow, how about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, you know you. I know who these people okay, are. Okay, give me a name. I think it's a hard day night. Okay, <laughs> I want to hold your hand. The Beatles. I thought you were going to say the monkeys. Not the Beatles. Oh, <laughs> no, the Beatles. Congratulations, Mary Poppins. You got yourself oh, my a goodness, mug. Mug, I'm so excited. You were... I've never won any of your mugs all these years. <laughs> 
Waking up with a cup of joe. I can't stop drinking the coffee. I stopped drinking the coffee. I stopped doing the standing and the walking and the words putting into sentence doing. The sound of life. Hoo-wee. Hope you're doing okay. I was looking out the window. I uh, was here at the studio and very thankful that things kind of came together late yesterday. Boy, it didn't look like we were going to have power. We, we run a generator here at the station. We have a generator on top of the mountain at 89.7 in Kingston. <clears throat> Something happened to the generator. Didn't come on. But, you know, the ice ice is the worst. I've said that for, in all the years I've been in radio. Just ice in the air can be bad. And I thought, who would have ever thought the devil would use ice? I mean, you don't think those two go together, do they? Man, I'm talking about by, by shutting us down. I mean, satellite receivers, broadcast antennas. Oh, this is that's as you well know. Not good. And I'm checking the radar right now. It looks like the precipitation's around New York City. Maybe coming up into Westchester a little bit. All right. We'll check in with Russ Murley here in a second. Well, that was Q-U-I-C-K, quick. Josh Wardle, yes, created the simple online word game, Wordle. Wardle created Wordle. I'm making that up. He did it for his wife back in October where you G-U-E-S-S five-letter words, and it amassed millions of D-A-I-L-Y users seemingly overnight. (laughs) Well, last Monday, news, B-R-O-K-E, are you tired of me yet? Broke that the New York Times was buying the game for seven figures. Wow. But it was the low seven figures. So, I mean, not that big of a deal. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. Oh, you look like a man who could use more coffee. The Sound of Life. I was kind of debating about whether to tell you this or not, but uh, I'm struggling on the ice. I'll tell you that right now. But my son uh, gave me a pair of cleats. I've never seen anything like that. They look like something, I don't know, from uh, 50 years ago, at least 50, 60 years ago. Something your grandfather might have had, or father, or maybe, or me, as a kid. He brought these over after I fell. Now, this was like the first little bit of ice we had it was one Sunday. And I stepped out that afternoon, and I stepped off the porch, and it was, I didn't see it, obviously, and my shoes weren't gripping anything. I, I don't know if I've ever, maybe one time in college when we were ice skating, uh, did I slip like that? But I, my feet went up in the air. That is not good. Not good at all. I mean, you know, people slip and you, you hurt your ankle or your your wrist, most commonly, or elbow or something. Mine was going to be my head. And thankfully, I had on that ski cap that my kids gave me a couple of Christmases ago. It was nice and thick. And I don't know. It was a miracle. I, I, I really hit. I hit pretty hard. And I say that now because I'm, I'm out of I'm in, out of the clear. I'm you know clear of all that protocol, concussion protocol, or whatever it is they put you in in sports and things like that. So I'm doing good, but I'm still having these little flashbacks. I don't know if you can relate to that or not, but I mean it's hard for me to go across this ice. And so he gave me those. Isn't that nice, man? Oh man! And uh, I used them this morning. And they really do. Uh, they they they're like chains for your shoes. I've, I'm just trying to make a video, but it's hard to make a video when you're by yourself. <laughs> you're trying to put these on your shoes, you know. But I, I I really do appreciate that. And I and I think about people 
that are in much need, and there are a ton of people in the world like that. Food is a big problem, you know, shelter, things like basic needs. And you basically are coming saying, here, try this. Here's, here's a plate of food or here is shelter, something that is really love. And now I can kind of relate. I mean, it seems kind of silly probably to you. But I can kind of relate to that because, boy, once you do something like that, you can really have a conversation with somebody, can't you? I mean, once you come and and show that you really care about their well-being, you know, I don't know where you got the things. I, I never heard him anything like that in my life. But he is way more into snow than anybody that I know, <laughs> or anybody else, certainly anybody else in the family. But, um, again, the ice, it's uh, something else. But he is really, really helping me out. So I do appreciate it. Your daily dose of encouragement. I've got a smile on my face and a twinkle in my eye. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The sound of life. I was thinking about it. It was very nice to be able to come to work. And, uh, you know, like yesterday going home, I, I said, it's amazing. It's like 31, 32 degrees and you're hot. <laughs> you know, at least in the car. I mean, you know, because you're bundled up and stuff. You're used to being bundled up with hat, gloves, and coat and all that, and you got the heater wide open, you know, because it's not five below anymore. It's it's kind of nice. Looks like we're going to be into some nice weather. Kind of kind of loving that right there. I was thinking about this. It's actually true. It's happened in my house a lot. And I uh, recently had a, a little session of cutting open boxes. Maybe I got that from the time years ago where I worked at the hospital and we had to put things in the dumpster and all the boxes had to be cut up, you know, and stuff and things like that. I'm not one for wasting air space, throwing a box <laughs> into the garbage. But it's an adult thing. There's no question about that. If, you, if you're kind of wondering whether you're an adult or not, if you play over in your mind and you spend time debating to yourself whether to keep a cardboard box or not, because it's a really good box. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. You know, just when you think everybody's terrible, the world is just going in a handbasket, baby. There is a home security camera, you know, the doorbell security camera of the UPS man. It was a man, probably in shorts, even though it was a foot of snow on the ground, bringing a box to Grandma who hadn't, wasn't able to shovel. You know, he looked around, he's probably like, you know, not able to shovel. He probably knows who it is. He shoveled the sidewalk for her. I mean, it, I'm telling you, it doesn't take much. You watch that happen and you think, wow, there's some good, right? Like the Instacart woman who was delivering food to a man by himself, lived by himself. She goes in there and she said, I broke the rules, but something wasn't right. And he wasn't acting right. He, he acted like he was ill. And I went in there, and I didn't feel too good myself after a few minutes, and I noticed there was an LP gas tank. I should have prefaced this by saying, you know, I'm going to say something you might not want to hear. I mean, that's horrible. And this is as a public service announcement from the Cup of Joe Morning Show. In case you're ever wondering, never, ever, ever, Put an LP gas tank of any kind in any structure ever. Don't put it in the barn. Don't put it in the shed. Don't put it in the doghouse. Please, for the love of God, don't put it in your house, not in your basement, nowhere, ever. Just think, if it's seeping gas, that gas is collecting. 
And that's that happens. And that's what was happening to him. And she made mention of it and called his uh, son, I think, and they basically, she saved his life. And uh, so that's uh, kind of a, a cool thing, and it, you know, gave me an opportunity. I thought, I've got to mention it. Because, you know, if you know something, if you know something or if you suspect something, say something. you see something, say something. If you know something, you've got to say something, too, right? Totally. Yes, exactly. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Have some bacon on a biscuit and let's go. We're burning daylight. The sound of life. Kind of almost got spring fever. Almost. I guess coming out of this, right? It's kind of good in a way to have a tough winter. I mean, not when you're going through it. I mean, not the ice. I'm sorry. I mean, Ulster County, I'm sorry. I was really, really hammered. Um, But, uh, man, I guess if you're getting your power back today... Right, Pris? You know, you, you know where you stand in the in the order when everybody's without power, but uh somebody's gotta be last. That's the way it is. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a fallen world. It's kinda nice. But you can you can really appreciate the good when it comes along, right? Stuff like that. How you doing? What's going on, right? <laughs> Cup of Joe morning show hotline. Yes, Rose. Did you guys lose power? We did. We lost power for a couple of days. Um, but with lots of prayer, thank you to God. Just when we were resolved to go to a hotel, just to had a habit, someone turned on the switch and there was light. Yeah. Thanks the Lord. Let there be light. Wow. What advice would you give to people who have to go through, like, suppose my power goes out. What would you tell me how to get through that? I would generally say first, be prepared. Um, one thing that you know, caught some people off guard or preparation for even the minor things as flashlights. But we say be prepared. Um, and I know at our house we had a little running joke that we were we were the, the, the five virgins that were prepared <laughs> with the uh, lights and lamps um, ready to go. So be prepared and, you know, just verify and check that you have all the equipment you need before this happens and have them all accessible. Um, and do, do, you know, do a family routine or, or, or drill just in case. So being prepared is always a good thing, even if we're not used to having it. For instance, in our house, we've been in this area for over 20 years. This was the first time we've ever had an outage um, longer than just 20 minutes of a power break. So How about that? Was, wow. Yeah. So it was the first time. So be prepared. It could happen anywhere. The Sound of Life. I don't know if I should start with the T-shirt that he's wearing or just jump right in to the fact that he worships Satan. Uh, when you see a, a rather large, I would describe him as a burly man in mid-30s, right? Got a black T-shirt on and big, probably as big a letters as you can get. And it says, Saved by Satan. And that's what got my attention because I'm like, okay, I got to know where this is going. I mean, you really have to. And as you might expect, it was a person who was an atheist for a lot of his life. His name is Carl. And um, he said, man, I was running from God. I didn't believe in God. I was an atheist. And then for five years, I was a Satanist. Is that the right way you say it? Uh, you know, I, I've never been a spiritual person. I believe when you die, you you was dead. Because I'm, I'm quoting him. He said, that was it. I'd argue tooth and nail that God didn't exist, even though he was mad at everybody, including God, I think. And he got in, as you might suspect, to a cycle of drugs and alcohol. He had a severe anger problem. Here's the thing. The pastor at the church invited him to come to church. Minister Rich at Cross Church in Parkersburg, West Virginia. 
And, of course, he was re- re- rebuffed right away. I'm not going to be in You're going to catch me in there. Man, I, I got a different, I'm on a different path. Okay, right? Pastors get that all the time. Maybe you do too. But that was the seed. See, that's the thing right there. And God was going to use that in an incredible way. And he hit rock bottom. Oh, what a shocker, you know? Always go back to Jesus' parable of the prodigal son. You, you, you just, he's going to be miserable. There it is right there. And he can't, you can't stand yourself in the miserable life you're living. He did try to commit suicide. I'll tell you that right now. And you know what? He said, it's the last thing on the list. Might as well give it a try, right? Went into the church. Pastor said he didn't make it 15 minutes before he ran to the baptismal tank. And his life changed. He said that. He said, for the first time in my life, I felt whole. It's hard to even talk about. I mean, it's incredible. It just shows you the power of God and the loving power and that redemptive power. It's amazing. I'm not saying everybody's going to do that, but, man, when you have a life like he did and that gets replaced, you know, it's, it's real, man. It's as real as it gets. He said, I feel completely whole. I'm at peace. There's no longer a void. My God is an awesome God. And that's the definition of an awesome God, isn't it? I just pray that everyone gets to experience his love as I have, right? Amen. 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 Waking up with a cup of joe. Good morning. Good morning. Rise and shine. The sound of life. It was out on the front porch there. Feels pretty good. The promise of uh, it's a beautiful morning. Sun, yes, clear sky, maybe a little fog, still a lot of ice. Ulster County, it's just people are amazed when they come in and they're like the thickness of the ice. Amazing. And they're having cold weather in Texas, too. Now, before you laugh, I mean, it's really cold. They don't expect power outages like what happened last year. They learned from that mistake there, but um, some some icy, cold weather is kind of what the South is known for. Unfortunately, it's not very much fun as we know now, right? Just like just give me a foot of snow, we'll be good. But I'm not sure I want to live in a place where it sounds like gunfire going off in my backyard. That's what happened. I don't know what kind of trees they have, but in the middle of the night, some residents there they were north this town north of Dallas. Were awakened in the middle of the night. What sounded like gunfire, and when they finally made their way, I would just wait till it got daylight out. You and me, I mean, you know. But they learned that those sounds weren't from firearms. They they were exploding trees. What kind of trees do y'all have, man? Lauren said uh, the week's brutal winter storm dipped so low the temperatures did it caused sap inside surrounding trees to freeze. So maybe that's unusual for those trees and they, they're they not, you know, made to withstand the cold. I don't, I don't know. So obviously, you know, if, the, if whatever in there freezes, water freezes, it's going to crack open whatever it's in. <laughs> There's no stopping it, as you probably learned the hard way, right? So, it, I mean, they eventually just popped open. Bam! You know, wow. And and unfortunately, it brought down some trees, and some people had some damage and things like that too. But the the Texas governor said, you know, no power failures, uh, anything like that will come out of this. But uh, the, you know, roads, frozen roads, traffic, stuff like that. Yeah, Austin, Texas, Dallas, Houston, they all got the stuff like that. So maybe that's the reason. I know that when I've been to work here, some this nice wooden deck 
patio deck air step set of steps that we have, if it's cold enough, and it scared me, <laughs> I mean, it's loud enough to scare you, uh, it pops. You know, the wood and it pops. So maybe that's the same kind of thing. Any town that could dream up a hoax <laughs> like this has a sense of humor that I... A great way to start your day. Go ahead. Make my day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The sound of life. She's an employee at a supermarket in the UK. She's working there at the self-service. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. She noticed a man in his 70s kind of got upset and distressed. Found out he was unable to get his card to work trying to pay for his shopping. He left his wallet at home. Started to panic. Wendy calmed him down. Paid for his shopping out of her own pocket. Yes, indeed. And yes, rightly so. The store has offered to reimburse the uh, worker there. But she said, no, no, I, you know, that's okay. Now she's been nominated for an internal award, which she very well deserves. She has been described by people who know her as one in a million. She is a fantastic role model, they said, towards her fellow colleagues who always comes in with a big smile on her face. Loving that. And you look just like her, my friend. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. You're as funny as a cry for help. The sound of life. I came across this from Voice of the Martyrs, I do believe, which I thought was very uh, timely and appropriate. Um, And it's how to pray for uh, China. How to pray for China this year. Commit to pray for Chinese Christians. One of the people groups that's getting left out about all the talk about China and the Olympics and the Uyghurs and whatnot is Christians a lot of times uh, get lost in that. And so the eyes of the world are on Beijing, as they say right now, with the winter games there. And uh, so we've joined with believers all across the country, uh, across the uh, world, actually, and uh, really amazing. You can even commit on the website to uh, to praying right there. Okay? So it's uh, really pretty cool. I'm just kind of checking it out. Hundreds of churches. Five ways to pray. I'll just give you a little outline right now. Because, you, you know, pray for the pastors and the church leaders. I've seen that before. That's one of the big things. The number one way you can pray. Pray, pray for the pastors and the church leaders to stand firmly for biblical truth in spite of government pressure to compromise, all right? See, in China, they don't mind if you have a Christian church. As long as it's approved by the government, you get security cameras from the government in the church. They get monitors in the church. You're registered with the church. And basically, you don't say anything that the government doesn't want you to say. So now you're in that particular church. And I do know that there are Christians who will go to a church like that and then at some other point during the week, will go to, say, a home church, okay, which preaches the Bible. So if they're asked by authorities, you go to church, yeah, you go to this church, you know, stuff like that. But uh, also pray for encouragement of Chinese believers, that they will experience unity and fellowship as members of the body of Christ. And one thing they found out um, probably 20, 30 years ago is that there was a very vibrant church in China, just kind of laying low, meeting in what they call house churches. They call they have a thing called office churches, where they'll say, uh, you know, you you work in an office building. Yes, are they open on Sundays? Nope. Do you mind if we, you know, use the office? No, I'll bring the tea. You show up, and that's what they do. And the church 
may they thought it may have more members in China than there are people in this country. Wrap that around your head. It's amazing. So there are Christians in prison in China. Pray for God's protection over them, for their health and nutrition. Very difficult there. Uh, praying for the spread of the gospel. That's the number one prayer among persecuted people around the world. Pray that the truth will spread. And pray for the safe distribution of Bibles in every part of China. Ooh-wee. So I'll post the link to this. It's basically uh, the web address is Pray for China 2022. And that's a dot com. Pray for China 2022. And it's a dot com. You can sign up and pray. Boy, we will be making it. I mean, it's just, you just can't imagine. Well, you can't imagine, but that's all you can do. The rejoicing and the thrill when we meet up in heaven. And people who were so persecuted and living there say, I felt your prayers. And, oh, that's just going to be an awesome time. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. Look, I'm a frequent coffee drinker. I'm part of the club. I have a card. The Sound of Life. The word is getting out about uh, Darren a couple of days ago on his way to the airport in Nashville, I imagine. It's uh, Interstate 840. I guess it goes around somewhere off I-40. And he uh, slipped on the ice. People out this morning, very nervous about the ice, okay? Um, look good, I can tell you that, so far this morning, even though it was cold enough for it. But he was sliding. He said, I couldn't control my pickup truck. But I saw I was going to hit somebody. I don't know how he did it. Honestly, makes you wonder. I mean, I've been on ice before, and he said, he said, I had no control. And I know what that's like, and you do too. How do you work your vehicle so you can flip it over? I, I don't understand that. But he wanted to stop at all costs. The person he was going to hit ended up coming to his rescue. He was okay. His guitar and his bag got thrown out of the truck, and so he collected those. Imagine being his wife. The whole time he's telling this, I'm thinking of his wife sitting at home with the kids going, Darren, oh, Darren, you're a piece of work. <laughs> Something. If you didn't have a bunch of angels and God watching over you, I don't know what in the world we would do. It's just absolutely amazing. God bless him. Waking up with a cup of joe. I can't imagine traveling to school every day without it. It helps me um, in my prayer over our school and our students and teachers. So thank you for all that you do. The Sound of Life. It's an amazing day today. I'm Joe, and I was thinking about uh, this. I remember this very well. I was a very impressionable young lad back in 1964. <laughs> you remember the day? <laughs> When they came out, I, it's funny. I think one of the funniest things about this, uh, the whole thing, is um, Ed Sullivan was a newspaper guy, you know. He wasn't uh, very good looking. He wasn't, I mean, he was very New York talking, you know. And, hey, oh, <laughs> I was watching a replay of Ed Sullivan introducing the Beatles right here on our stage. And everybody imitated him, which, of course, they would. You know, but a very successful variety show. It was amazing. Entertained us uh, to no ends. Watching a man draw a little character on his hand and whatever that, whatever that guy was. Remember him? He was a funny guy. Or the guy twirling the plates. I always remember that because some days feel like that, right? How many plates can that guy get twirling? If you don't know what I'm talking about, I guess you now you have to YouTube it and find out. Just some amazing things on there. But today... He made history with his variety show because the one that everybody wanted to see, um, he introduced on the Ed Sullivan Show in 1964 on this day. The Beatles, 73 million people watched them. That's when we had three channels 
and about 200 million people in the country. So that was pretty pretty well done there, right? The sound of life. Checking off, uh, you know, thinking about the Olympics. A lot of people talking about that. Um, kind of hard to watch on television for a lot of different reasons. Um, but and everybody kind of picking on the uh, the big air jump. I saw a photograph of that, and I I, I thought, man, that's got to be made up. You know, I saw it on social media. I'm like, well, I don't trust that. Who knows? But I do know that a lot of China is gray. I mean, it's just it's just gray, right? Industrial gray, if you will. But I don't know. Maybe this was a last-minute thing. They didn't have anywhere to put the big – it takes a lot of room to put this event where you come down on skis and you do uh, – you jump up in the air. I mean, you, you shoot up in the air. But instead of just sailing through the air, you do turns and, and somersaults and stuff like that. It's called the big air jump. It's relatively new in the Winter Olympics. But people were making fun of the background. Apparently, there's a quite a large nuclear power plant right behind it with the uh, uh, exhaust things going up. We know that what that looks like from Three Mile Island, right, and stuff like that. And so they've painted the Olympic logo. And I said, well, they painted the Olympic logo on it. So, you know, it looks kind of cool. And it's like a big billboard. But nevertheless, uh, some news that came out this morning for uh, some uh, um, some of the uh, Olympic skiers got disqualified for baggy clothes. Now, it's understandable that they would be regulations on their clothes. These are the ones that it's women ski jumping. That's the one where they come down this real long chute, and they go way up in the air, and they just try to sail through the air as far as they can and land, right? It's the old school. It was on Wide World of Sports, iconic thing, you know. And so it's understandable that they don't want any type of uh, an outfit that would create more lift. Baggy clothes, you know, could create more lift. But there were five skiers that got disqualified because of the baggy clothing. And they all said, well, we had skied there before with the same outfits. That's what they said. And they said, we've uh, one, uh, I think it was a U.S. competitor said, I've used that 11 times and we've been checked and everything's okay. It's a, it's a really tough thing to swallow. What do you do? I mean, there's nothing you can do if they disqualify you for whatever it is. I mean, that you're done. And and all that, you know, for naught. And you're like, did, did you do anything wrong? You know, and you think, I, I've passed before. I skied before. Everybody said it was okay. How do you come back from that? I mean, that's that's very difficult. I'm trying to, I mean, I can't put myself in that kind of position because I've you know, never been in that position to do that. But you've had things that happen to you that are not fair, just blatantly not fair. And for whatever reason, some totally out of your control is like, well, you're you're gone. You're let go. You're not competing, whatever it is. Man, that's tough. What do you do about that? I mean, you really try to, you take a long walk and you talk to God, I guess, and you know, and try. That's a, that's a, that's an amazing thing. I'm just thinking about them and and you're really feeling for them and all that work. It's crazy. I mean, I you you, mm, it's amazing. Um, so that's a uh, you know that was that was something that uh, you don't want to see, but uh, you kind of think why. It's one of those things you go why. Why did you do that? I mean, they want to be fair. You got to compete fair. I don't. I don't know. 
Ooh, the thing is, it'll all be gone after the Olympics. You know, this whole probably the whole story and all that stuff, and it'll be gone. But the hurt feelings probably not going to be gone, are they? Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. Hopefully, on this Wednesday, it is a memory. Uh, the ice, significant amounts around Ulster County. Power outages, just incredible. A lot of limbs, uh, even right here uh, at the Sound of Life. We're very fortunate. Uh, because uh, it was away from the building. You know, it's amazing how many times you see where it could have hit some, a building or house or whatever, and, you know, it didn't, and things like that. See God's hand in things. Hope you can as well. Getting warm again. How do you uh, cope with that, right? I think the thing is, time to check in with my buddy Rose and find out, you know, about the key is being prepared right so it was the first time so be prepared it could happen anywhere and you were prepared rose yes we were prepared yes wow. we were definitely prepared we took the opportunity had flashlights um you know make sure batteries were filled in we even had a an automatic or a battery backup which was a blessing i have a testimony a friend just randomly thought about hey you know um i could use one of these and i'll send it to my friend rose and it was delivered to my house on Thursday. And it's a, it's a quick jump starter for the car. And I woke up on Friday. There was no power. Our cell phones were out. And I spoke to the friend. I was like, did you get the package? I said, I sure did, but I didn't, you know, it's for the car. And he goes, no, it's actually a charger charger. So if you charged it, you can charge your phone. So Ooh. see, the Lord will even use others to, to bless us out of out of incident without even knowing. So that came in just in time. A great way to start your day. Go ahead. Make my day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The sound of life. Here we go. Next thing you know, it'll be Valentine's Day, the middle of February. I mean, it goes quick. February does. And the month of hope. (laughs) Which is always disappointing to me, coming from North Carolina, because... In March, you go from snow in the beginning of March to 80 degrees at the end of March. And here, you just kind of go wonder what's coming next day. <laughs> you, know, you could have everything. But I do know this. I bet I can make you get a, I bet I can get an expression on your face by saying two words. I hope they're legal. Super Bowl, it's coming up Sunday. But something you may not know about that you can watch on Ion or Bounce or Prime Video is coming up Saturday at, uh, uh, what time is it? I'm not sure. It's Saturday night. It, it's the 23rd annual gospel celebration, Super Bowl gospel celebration, the only inspirational music event sanctioned by the NFL for Super Bowl weekend. I'm surprised they sanctioned it at all. I mean, to tell you the truth, isn't it amazing of all the publicity, all the halftime show stuff, all the things, everybody wants to get in on the Super Bowl. And Saturday night will be a fantastic gospel celebration. Amazing. Um, various artists together. I think CeCe Winans going to be a featured artist there. Uh, it's at one stage, an evening of joy and praise. Biggest game, and they will accompany that. Accompanying that. Okay, so I'm going to post the link to it, and I was trying to find the time that it was on, but uh, it's probably right in front of me. I know it is on Saturday, uh, February the 12th, and I do know that their web address is Super Bowl Gospel. 
Facebook.com. And you can look for it on the Cup of Joe Morning Show Facebook page. It'll be right there in a minute. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. You might as well get up do something. The Sound of Life. Coming up on Sunday starts the annual Week of Kindness. Uh, kindness Week, or whatever it's called there. I don't know if we can compete with the Wyoming folks out there. We've <laughs> had like uh, 22,000 students, 2,000 employees, and about 100 families all signed up to embrace Random Acts of Kindness Week. That's what it's officially known as. And it starts on Sunday the 13th. All right. And uh, their thanks, they're, they're supporting the Caring Foundation of Blue Cross Blue Shield. And a bank there, and they got a five like five hundred kits that go out that challenge you with activities to complete, and all causing random acts of kindness. And maybe it'll give you an idea. I'll post that link there, give you some ideas. We'll start our random acts of kindness right there. Let me know about that on the Cup of Joe Morning Show Facebook page. Wow, that's awesome! Yeah. <laughs> the sound of life. Big day, milestone day. Not to get too COVIDish. Or Ronavid or whatever it is, you know. Uh, but the, uh, that's a big deal. Mask mandates lifted officially by the governor of New York. It applies also other states. I know New Jersey, Massachusetts, I think as well too. Um, so I don't know what does that mean. But I know one thing: it kind of signifies a moving on. It's a big step, right? To move on. We're talking about indoor mask mandates. Um, you know, and, and uh, we've had to make a lot of adjustments. And there's uh, one thing that I'll remember nowadays, you know, at least as far my, from as I'm concerned is I don't cancel my dental cleaning appointment that is made a year and a half in advance. It conflicted with a doctor's appointment I had for a physical. I had to change the doctor's appointment. <laughs> I, I called the dentist back. Oh, no, you don't want to be doing that. And then it was explained to me that the person that cleans my teeth, she, she comes up from Westchester. She used to come three days a week, and now because of daycare, she can only come a day a week. Maybe this will be, you know, going back to more normal. Maybe. Waking up with a cup of joe. You make my drive to work so worth having. Thank you for the entertainment, the music, the love, the blessings. The Cup of Joe Morning Show, the sound of life. Let's give this a try here and see. Well, not necessarily the Olympic theme, but... uh, it's a pretty awesome fanfare for the athletes. You know, the United States, I mean, we don't expect to do crazy well in the Winter Olympics. You're competing with a handful of countries that are they're basically on the Arctic Circle. You know, that's <laughs> they do <laughs> what we're doing as contests. You know, they do just to get to work, it seems so. But uh, we got our first gold medal yesterday. That's right. It was um, snowboarder. Boy, those women snowboarders or something else. Lindsay Jacobolis, she won the women's snowboard cross. Chloe Kim won two and a half pipe. You have to look those up. That's okay. It's all right. They're, they're thrilling, I'll tell you that. Uh, for uh, Lindsay Jacobolis, the victory comes 16 years after missing gold due to a premature celebration. Wow. She becomes the oldest woman to win gold at the Winter Games at the age of 36. And then there's got to be fan favorite Sean White. He's a legend, yes. And I know his mom is looking at him now going, he's grown up to be quite a fine man. (laughs) He really is. 
He uh, fell in qualifying before rebounding to reach the men's halfpipe finals in the last games. I know he he was stoked coming off his. I mean, what they do is amazing. The uh, three-time gold medalist will join Team USA's Taylor Gold Chase Josie in the finals on Friday. U.S. Alpine skier Michaela Schifrin uh, crashed out in her two races. Colby Stevenson won silver in the debut event, men's freestyle skiing, Big Air. And, of course, all the athletes are dealing with the COVID testing and stuff. So, Lord, we ask you to keep peace in the athletic village, right? And uh, may your presence be felt there. May people be able to see the truth in your son, Jesus. That's my prayer, that they'll know the truth coming out of all this, right? Jesus' name, amen. All right. Waking up with a cup of joe. Good morning. Good morning. Rise and shine. The sound of life. An incredible story. That I was just reading this very short account of a very profound act that dad did, especially since he didn't want to do I mean, you know, originally he, he, he didn't want to because he's not the type of person to get a tattoo. Never thought he would have a tattoo. But when you have a four-year-old who has a scar down the middle of her chest because of her heart surgeries that she's had since about, uh, I don't know, three weeks after she was born, three days after she was born. She has a rare congenital heart defect. It's not her fault. She's had a ton of surgeries and stuff. She's been through it. I just can't imagine what these kids go through. But she's four years old. Eight medical procedures to deal with. And she's got that zipper scar. That's what they call it. And her dad, Matt, got the same thing tattooed on his chest. Whew. She said, he said if she becomes self-conscious about it, I just sit right next to her and I say, hey, look at us. We both got our zippers. <laughs> and then she was asked why dad got a tattoo that matches her scar. And Everly said, because he wanted to be special like me. Wow. The sound of life. Still thinking about that. How do you turn a pickup truck over when you're sliding on the ice? I've slid on the ice. You've slid on the ice. He was going to hit a man. He was on his way to the airport to go to Denver, start the concert tour. Darren Mulligan. And he was hit black ice, and he couldn't. He said he couldn't control the pickup truck, but he managed to flip it over. He did that on purpose, and he was okay. <laughs> He's thinking about his wife, thinking, "Oh, Darren, 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 Darren." Right? And his guitar and his bag flew out. They were okay. The man he was going to hit rescued him, took him to the airport. Wonder what to think. There's a pickup truck uh, sideways on off the highway. That's Darren Mulligan's going in. Reminds me of Glenn Miller, actually. It was on this day. I mean, you guys get the song going here a little bit. It was on this day in 1942. Band director and uh, trombone player Glenn Miller received the first ever gold record. He sold a million copies of this song right here in 1942. Remember that, kids. First ever gold record. This is the Chattanooga Choo Choo Rinse. Very much loved during the uh, era there in the 40s. Of course, Glenn Miller shrouded in mystery now because it was a couple of years later in December the 15th, to be exact. That afternoon, it was a foggy day. He left from England. <laughs> Big surprise there. Headed to France because he was entertaining the troops and stuff, and his plane vanished. 
over the English Channel. Now, a German newspaper is saying, no, he actually made it to France and all this, but don't you know if the plane... They would know if the plane had vanished. And then, you know, if he had died some other way, they would. it would come out. It would. It vanished, and nobody knows. People are searching because they want to know. They want closure on it. All that, huh? All that mystery. A lot of mysteries in life, isn't it? It's tough, isn't it? To go through and things that you don't know. Wow, that gets on you, right? Oh, peace. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. You got to love people who volunteer to do something because you basically are God's hands and feet. I mean, really, because you're stepping in in an area where you're, you're filling a void of a need. And I did not know that there is an organization called Volunteer Cancer Drivers Society, people who volunteer their time to drive. They are drivers professionally, but they volunteer to drive cancer patients. It's amazing. Larry Coleman's a volunteer. He's in uh, Canada, uh, British Columbia. So, But I, I have a feeling they're, they're probably around there. Uh, he, I guess he has the milestone of completing a 1,000 patient rides. It's phenomenal. I mean, as an organization, since 2016, they provided 80,000 patient trips. I mean, that's, that's just amazing, you see, because, I mean, and he, being one that's done a 1,000 hours, said, I encourage you to become a volunteer with this organization, VCDS, um, and Volunteer Cancer Drivers Society. Right, because they're in real need, and they don't need an extra burden on them. And he said, "I always try to get a laugh or a smile. Got a lot of tears, you know, going back and forth there. But I always try to get a laugh or a smile. God bless you. I'll post that on the Cup of Joe Morning Show Facebook page for you. Check it out. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. Random acts of kindness day. Yes, twenty twenty two. It's not today." It's a week from today. <laughs> Make kindness the norm is the theme. And they have quite the web presence. Their web address is randomactsofkindness.org. Very cleverly thought out. You can get inspired, become, uh, I don't know, an act of kindness person. <laughs> you know, there's a blog involved. There's coloring for the kids, even because we know we need to keep them busy. And you can sign up. And think of things to do. It actually is a week that starts on Sunday, the 13th. That's when the coloring contest is. The gift The gift card goes out on Monday, and Be a Kid Again is Tuesday. All kinds of neat stuff right there. Random acts of kindness. Think of someone who brings joy and happiness to your life. Call or text them. Write them. Know that their shine brightens your life. Right? You remember those people. Right, So it's actually a pretty cool thing that you might want to get in uh, touch with, get on board with, randomactsofkindness.org. I'll post that link on the Cup of Joe Morning Show Facebook page. The Sound of Life. I don't know. I'm getting old, and I do old guy things, and now I just know there's stories circulating all around town. Oh, did you see this old guy? He forgot his credit card, and he had to go run it out in the car. <laughs> My friend Elizabeth posted... A memory. I love those memories. This is from 11 years ago. Not that that makes any difference. But Gigi, her friend, her 95-year-old friend, 
Elizabeth said she just ate a chocolate-covered espresso bean, you know, thinking it was something else. <laughs> I don't know. And I found her in the kitchen trying to clean off her tongue. I suggested a glass of water and uh, rinsing. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. All right, let's go back to the 1800s. I'm going to make this quick. No kidding, but it's an incredible thing. As you know, we had enslaved people here in the United States. People who lived in the Deep South, who were enslaved, made valiant efforts to escape to freedom in the North. And one of the most amazing books is called Road to Dawn. It's a biography about uh, Josiah Hinson, which I highly recommend reading. You, You won't believe it. It's incredible. He, like Harriet Tubman, who's very famous... Um, they, they, he didn't benefit from it, but there was a thing called an Underground Railroad, which is very complicated, which got people to the north. And New York was a big place there, or end up going to Canada, where you had ultimate freedom. It was a very difficult thing to do. And they pretty much did it under the cover of night. And uh, it caused them to be very brilliant, uh, sensory people, Okay. Uh, to be able to do that, to make their escape. Uh, some phenomenal stories like that. But there was a woman that I had never heard of until the last couple of days, and her name is Ellen Craft. Ellen Craft, born in Georgia in 1826. Um, her father was a white man and uh, her first enslaver. You know, some of this is hard to, you know, get a hold of this history there because uh, it's difficult. And you realize, you know, families and things like that is crazy. But she was a fair-skinned person, and she resembled her father. And um, so what she did was, now think about this, because you would do anything, right? You would do anything to escape that, probably. Um, So what she did was she dressed up like a man, and she pretended that her husband was her slave, and that's how they made it to the north. Isn't that amazing? Ellen Craft is her name. And uh, the husband said, you know, I, I, I might get her to disguise herself as an invalid gentleman. Right? And, to, and so, I mean, think about the times. What, where is the movie on this? Yes. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. I'm Joe. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Well, we use that for Operation Christmas Todd. You say it's not middle of November? No, far from it. But your shoebox is making its way to some pretty interesting places. Now, we're getting word back of shoeboxes being delivered. I think these are probably the ones collected uh, the year before, okay? It takes months and months to get a box on a ship to get it to some of these places. But to show you and illustrate uh, just the heart of the Operation Christmas Child team, I want to tell you about where some shoe boxes ended up recently. And I couldn't look. I put this in Google, and it didn't come up. So in your beer, uh, if it isn't at the end of the earth, it's close, they said. And it's not on Google. So that's saying something right there. It is a tiny island located between the Philippines and Hawaii. All right, in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. That is in the middle of nowhere. It's amazing. And uh, it is part of the Republic of the Marshall Islands, but it is home to just over a thousand people. <laughs> okay, there's a thousand people waiting at the intersection here. You know that. Oh, this atoll has no electricity, no airport, 
But that didn't stop four ministry partners from transporting cartons of shoebox gifts on a 57-foot catch to the island and distributing them to the area's 293 children. Think of the trouble they went to for 293 children. Blessed souls of God. Amazing. The gospel was shared. 131 boys and girls responded by inviting Jesus into their hearts. And that's just one of the places that your shoebox may end up thinking about that when you're packing that box right there into a place. They have no idea what is going on, but they're learning the truth of Jesus. Incredible. Absolutely. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. I love to know about things that are going on, went on in movies. You know, I think it's fascinating. One of the fascinating things is to know what is true and what is not true in a movie that was based on a true story. All right. Um, like, for example, Remember the Titans? Oh, man. Yeah, Denzel coming in there. It was true that they consolidated those two schools. I think it was 1972. A lot of that was going on. And, of course, it made a massive school, high school in northern Virginia at the time. And they combined their football teams. Uh, somebody said the tension in the school wasn't necessarily racial tension. It was just, you know, kids in high school tension. It wasn't. I mean, in the movie, you know, there was racial tension. Of course, there has to be that in the movie. Otherwise, it would be like, well, this is a boring movie right here. One of the interesting things about the football team was that they created, because the two schools came together, as you can might imagine, uh, one of the most powerful football teams around. Nobody came within 20 points of them the whole season. But again, you know, that's not like, you need that competition and stuff. You know, you need that doubt. Are the, can they make it? Is Coach Boom going to succeed and all that? You know, it's cool. So uh, that was... Uh, that was an interesting thing there, too. Um, thinking about the movie Hidden Figures, if you haven't seen that, it's a fascinating movie based on a true story about a group of women, they're African-Americans, working in Houston for NASA. And they were known as the, uh, they were the calculators, is that what they were, or the computers? I think they were known as computers because they weren't mechanical Computers. If you were a computer, you did it yourself. You did it in your brain. That's what they did. It was incredible. And I guess they were relegated to a particular part of it. And, of course, uh, Mrs. Johnson, I think was her name, who, forgive me on the names, who was just uh, incredible, had a gift, had the gift of numbers. And she's the one that in her head figured out the trajectory. There was something wrong with NASA's plan and their trajectory to get somebody into space, you know, you're going up, and if you're if the if the trajectory is not just right, you're going to come back down again too quick, or you're going to go out into space and never be heard from again. It has to be just that little window, and that was the, the probably the one of the most crucial things in it. And she on a blackboard figured that out. I don't know watching the movie if I, because they showed her working, showed her equations and stuff. I have no idea if they were accurate or not. If that was taken, I mean, I wouldn't begin to know anything. But in that movie, she had to go and walk quite a distance from where she was to work to go to the restroom because they didn't have they they had you know whites only restroom in that. 
And it made for a fascinating account because one time it was pouring down rain, and of course it took her. She'd take a break and she'd be gone for a while. And the uh, Kevin Costner was playing the director of the department. He's like, "Where is she at? Well, what? I had to go to the bathroom for forty-five minutes, you know, and all this." And then she explained. So it was a big part of that movie. But in actuality, NASA, bless her hearts, they didn't have separate bath. They already had integrated bathrooms. She she didn't have to do that. And I thought, wow, that's. I mean, you know, it kind of makes NASA look bad. I mean, it was the era of that, and it was in the South, but they didn't. They didn't. It, it, that that was already taken care of. But one thing that was true, though. Uh, she was the only woman that was allowed into that conference room with all the men, which was a funny, that was a funny encounter, okay, with, with her boss. And she was going in there. She says, well, I've got to be in that meeting to know what's going on. Well, no woman's ever been in the meeting. Well, nobody's ever been to the moon either, have they? <laughs> well, figure it out, right? The Sound of Life. It's good to have you along. I know it's a big weekend kind of with the Super Bowl. I was kind of checking out some of the commercials, maybe a little bit more about that later. Favorite commercials. I don't know if there's going to be anything. My favorite commercial for the Super Bowl one time showed a monkey dancing on a lawn chair, listening to a boom box for like a minute. And near the end of the commercial, we just wasted $10 million. (laughs) What are you doing with your money? And that was one of the most funniest things I ever... <clears throat> saw in my life. Yes, but, um, and Valentine's Day on Monday, by the way. Cup of Joe Morning Show Hotline, yes. What is going on? You do a fabulous job, <laughs> and I'll tell you, you know, when I hear your voice in the morning, it, it cheers me up because I'm not a morning person. Wow. And I and I always think how amazing you are that you're cheerful in the morning. <laughs> you know, every day. And I like the things you shared, and I like the thing, the thing you read about the football games about why they don't like going to them anymore. It's like an analogy about why people don't like going to church. Oh, I just happen to have it right here. 12 reasons why I, as a pastor, have decided to quit attending sporting events. Number one, the coach never came to visit me. That's a good point. Number two, every time I went, they asked for money. Number three, the people sitting in my road didn't seem very friendly. Number four, the seats. Very hard. Oh, boy. Number, I think it's that ever stopped anybody. Number five, the referees made a decision I didn't agree with. Woo. Number six, I was sitting with hypocrites. They only came to see what others were wearing. Number seven, some games went into overtime and, man, made me late getting home. Number eight, the band played songs I'd never even heard of. Number nine, this is the reasons I, as a pastor, have decided to quit attending sporting events. Wow. The games are scheduled on my only day to sleep in and run errands. Number 10, my parents are sca- uh, no, my parents took me to too many games when I was growing up. <laughs> yeah, right. Number 11, since I read a book on sports, I feel I know more than coaches anyway. And the spectators pretty much know more than the coach anyway. <laughs> That's a given. And finally, number 12, I don't want to take my children because I want them to choose for themselves what sport they like best. <laughs> Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. My God is still the same. The same in a forest fire today, and the same just like uh, he was um, providing for Elijah back in the day. You can read about in the Old Testament. In fact, 
there was a sheriff, not in the Old Testament, this is a sheriff recently, back in uh, 2020, in the fall, what's this, 2021 in the falls, not that long ago. Um, there was a big forest fire out in Colorado. It had the name of East Troublesome Fire. That's what it was called. I don't know where they get the names. East Troublesome Fire, but it certainly lived up to its name. It consumed 100,000 acres in 12 hours, and it burned, I don't know how many homes. Uh, the, uh, but then, you know, everybody starts praying, man. I mean, you know, that's when, boy, if there's people that never prayed before. They're praying. They're putting up something. Right, because at times you can't get any more desperate than that. Entire towns were sitting in the path of this forest fire, and then a godsend happened. That really meteor meteor the weather guy said it was a godsend. It wasn't rain; it was snow, and it fell across the fire zone. It was early for that time of the year, and of course, it is a wet snow. It's very rare of Colorado get wet snow but for the time of the year we know what that's like right and it dropped a foot of wet snow on the fire and some places just put it right out it was just incredible it was so merciful it just people just said boy that it's just like god working there isn't that amazing god hear your prayer for snow hear your prayers for rain sure he does i mean he answered elijah's prayer in the bible different people like that? Well, Elijah, they said he could hear the sound of a heavy rain before the clouds even formed. That's an amazing faith. You know, they say, pray, pray to God like, okay, it's I know God, I know what's coming. Right? That's amazing. Wow. Amazing God, I bow at your feet, humbled by your merciful help wherever it comes. Thank you for encouraging our faith with your sovereign power throughout the earth. Amen. Pretty cool. You've been listening to the Cup of Joe Morning Show podcast on the Sound of Life, the Hudson Valley's 100% listener-funded Christian radio station. For more information on upcoming events, contests, to ask for prayer, and to become a member of the Sound of Life family by supporting the station, visit us at soundoflife.org.